from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Daily Checkdown brought to you by Talk It Out NC. Let's get it. it. All right, let's start with what happened last night in the NBA playoffs. The Grizzlies without John Morant take care of the Lakers in game two. That series is now even. But it's not just that the Grizzlies won without their best player. It's not just that the Lakers lost with a better lineup. It's that Dylan Brooks decided to call <laughs> LeBron James old. So LeBron James is dropping just straight up old. So LeBron James is dropping a triple double on the Grizzlies I, next. I right? don't see the play here. I don't understand what Dylan Brooks is trying to accomplish. He's a pest. I know, but why would you do that in the middle of the series? <laughs> Why would you try? Look, it's the same question that we have. Why would Draymond Green do what he does in the middle of a series only to get suspended for today's game? In each instance, they're helping the opponent. Yes. This doesn't make any sense Yeah, Dylan Brooks is clearly not familiar with old man strength. Yes. All right. Oh, he straight up called him old. Yeah. I'm not making up words here. What's funny about when when you are old... You know you're old. You know you're, that, that's that's the thing. Like, I'm sorry, you don't think LeBron James understands he's an old man now? Yeah. Just like you and I, like if somebody calls me, man, you're old. Like, yeah, I know. Yes. I've embraced the fact that I am old. That, that does not bother me. That does not affect me. It does, it does not hurt me. I own that I'm now old and out of the demographic. Thank you. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure what Dylan, Dylan Brooks is trying to accomplish here other than go viral, which yeah. I guess he succeeded uh, in that. Then right? the news for tonight is... Kawhi Leonard, stop me if you've heard this one before, will not play. Yeah. He's been ruled out with a knee injury for game three. Leonard played in the first two games. The Clippers already missing Paul George. This series is tied at 1-1. The Clippers this year are 3-9 and Mm -hmm. without George and Leonard in the lineup. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. It's, It's been a week for airplane drama. On the internet. Uh, I mean, heck, I, I thought a guy crowding me out of my own seat so he could eat a three and a half, four hour burrito, old burrito, was weird enough. But no, 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 no. The week started with Toronto Blue Jays relief pitcher Anthony Bass causing a storm on a United flight when he tweeted out the flight attendant. United just made my 22-week pregnant wife traveling with a 5-year-old and a 2-year-old to get on her hands and knees and pick up the popcorn mess by my young daughter. Are you kidding me? This is what he said on Twitter. Um, He got roasted. A lot of people pointing out um, about, oh, about doing jobs. Well, that's weird coming from a guy who currently has an ERA of 7. Yeah, right now, Anthony Bass... With the Toronto Blue Jays uh, in his last seven games has a 6.43 ERA. In his last 15, he's got a 7.36 ERA. Not great. Flight attendant doesn't clean up your mess, guys. It's the flight attendant. They're there for things like safety and other matters, but not to clean up the popcorn mess. Plus, with a five-year-old, five-year-old's old enough to clean up. Are they not? Uh, yes. <laughs> like, if your five-year-old drops popcorn on the floor, you could tell your five-year-old, hey, put the iPad away and clean up the popcorn, right? Uh, I would expect that. I would yes. expect that too. I'm like, am I misremembering when my kids were five? No, five right. months. No, five months. Oh, five course, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, five years. Yeah, you can yeah. clean it up. You made a mess. Clean it up. Anyway, so Bass got roasted. It it became this big debate about well, you know, 
that's a flight attendant's job. It's not a flight attendant's job, and blah, 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 blah. Then we had a guy on a Southwest flight go viral in the last 24 hours or so because he snapped because of a screaming baby on the plane. Look, we've all been there, man. While not fun, it's still kind of a, you know. Hey, man, it happens. Part of it. You got to travel. Kid might not take well to, you know, the ears popping or the closed space. They're cranky and they're tired. You just got to deal with it. There's a reason why Al Gore invented noise-canceling headphones. All right? He did. Slap those bad boys on and block out the noise and listen to your fun music. But this dude was not having it. He snapped. At the baby? At the... Yes. Here's the audio. Passenger loses his mind over a baby. Did the baby pay for this? I, the, my favorite part about this clip was the dude going, like, yeah, yeah, you know, we need you to stop yelling. He's like, the baby's yelling? As though that's a justification for a grown man to act that way. Did he pay extra to yell? Which one was the baby? Right. Couldn't figure out. Couldn't, couldn't tell the difference. Couldn't tell the difference between the two? <laughs> Look, man. Yeah, Until you have enough money to buy your own plane and or, or fly a pri- private yeah. jet yourself, guess what? You have to put up with other people. Yeah, man. And guess what? Yeah, they paid for it too. There's something. Are, a, there's some. There's something about air travel that brings the like it brings something out of you people. know what those people needed. They needed to observe 420. Yes, That's they what did. they needed in yeah. their life. Take a delta. Chill out. All right, next up. One, two, three. All right, Joe. Uh, normally, I would say to you, NFL team hires former NFL head coach to be one of these like pencil pushing assistants who like breaks down film. Not a big deal, right? But the Philadelphia Eagles have hired Matt Patricia. Oh, and, and technically, he's going to be a senior defensive assistant again. My guess is this means he's going to break down film of the next week's opponent. He'll be helpful. Will he have all his of pencil those things. in the ear? Sure. Of course he will. I, I, again, don't mind, you know, someone trying to get back on their feet. Sure, sure, sure. However, Nick Sirianni, you know he's feeling himself because the Eagles went to the Super Bowl last year. So he feels like he could probably do something like this. What does he think he's Nick Saban? The quote here is where I'm like, I don't think this is the compliment that you think it is. <laughs> Okay, Sirianni at his news conference today said that the Eagles are trending towards hiring Patricia, who, who, of course, is the former Patriots defensive coordinator, then was fired as the Lions head coach. And then, yes, came back and was the Patriots offensive coordinator this past season. Here's what Sirianni said about Patricia. Uh, Quote, obviously, his resume speaks for itself. Oh, you, you you see, Nick, the thing is, <laughs> yes, his resume does speak for itself because he was so bad that he got fired with the Lions. He was so bad that he finally, Bill Belichick was like, even I have to give up on one of my former protégés and I want to give them all yeah. of their love. He was also really kind of inconsequential as the Patriots defensive coordinator to the point that Belichick replaced him with his own kid. Yeah. Who had, like, who I think played co- college lacrosse. Like, I, what are we doing here? His resume speaks for itself. 
It does. Yes, it does. It does. It, that does yes, not, it does. It doesn't hit the way you think it hits, but it, it is a true statement. The resume does speak for itself. Yes, Matt Patricia's work. Yeah, it pr- it precedes uh, him before he gets in the room. Jeez. Nice. Hey, at least I guess it wasn't Joe Judge and the uh, victory formation in defeat. <laughs> Next up. And I don't even care who number two is. The NFL draft has lacked sizzle. I, I really don't know how else to put it. It's it's just lacking. Until today, we finally got our stupid draft drama. We have somebody questioning the integrity of one of the top draft picks. That's what I need in my life when it comes to the NFL draft. Things that are brought out of thin air that question whether or not this is a good person and whether you can trust the yeah, franchise. Yeah, this must be about a Georgia prospect who got into a serious legal issue before the draft. Nope. Huh. Well, this must be about somebody who attended like five different colleges nope. and six different high schools. Nope. And had, you know, like real commitment nope. issues. No, it has to do with a story that Brady Quinn decided to share on a CBS Sports podcast hosted by our friend Will Brinson about C.J. Stroud and whether or not he ghosted the Mannings at their passing academy. And then there's some other stuff about interviews. And, and maybe, you know, for example, the Manning Passing Academy, I'd, I'd been told that, you know, he committed to it the night before, just kind of ghosted him, didn't show up. That's football royalty. And when you do that, that's going to kind of set off some alarms from people of like, hey, man, that's not how you conduct yourself, especially around the Manning family or just in general if you're going to be a franchise quarterback. So, uh, look, I still view him as the second quarterback uh, that should be taken in this draft class. He's the most accurate quarterback in this draft class. He showcased the athleticism and ability. Uh, anytime I've been around the kid, he's been an upstanding young man who's grown and matured into the leader that I think um, NFL teams are looking for. So, you know, some of that stuff. And, and as far as the system he plays and all the talent he plays around, he can't help that. He just can deliver the ball like he has and put up the numbers that he did. So I think he'll be the number two quarterback taken, but there is some talk right now, and maybe it's smoke screens. Who knows that maybe some of the other teams are saying, well, wait a second. If Richardson has a higher ceiling, maybe he makes more sense for us to take if we can't have a guy like Bryce Young that we feel more confident about in this processing and decision-making. So that's Brady Quinn on a CBS Sports podcast. And he starts this conversation with, you know, I've just heard. I mean, there's been some questions about, you know, blowing off the Manning Commitment issues Commitment because issues. he didn't go to a camp. He said he was going to go to the camp, and he didn't go to a camp. But I'd still take him. Let I'd still ask, take him as a second quarterback in the, uh, in the this. draft. If C.J. Stroud or anyone else mm-hmm. went to the Manning camp and threw on air and was unbelievable, mm-hmm. would you take him with the first pick because of his performance at that camp? No, it has nothing to do with his performance at the camp. It has everything to do with whether or not the Mannings well, like him. I guess what I'm getting at is the camp is irrelevant. I'm, yeah, I agree so with you. So if you're going to go there and be awesome, that's not going to make you the number one pick. So why would go, not going there or whatever it's, convoluted excuse that our guy Brady Quinn is coming up with, why would that? It's not the camp. It's how do you treat the Mannings? How do you blow off the man? If you're blowing off the man, it's still just a camp, though. And I, I agree. I agree. Well, there's some it's an off-season camp that has no affiliation it's, to your school it's a, that you're actually going and helping other high school players. At. What's funny here is that it's a it's not even a story that could be true. That's the other part, too, because Ryan Clark, who did this interview with CJ Stroud on the Pivot podcast, went after Brady Quinn saying, like, dude, he never committed to the Manning box. Uh, passing academy so how can he blow them off if he was never going and then robert griffin the third backed that up saying it's like yeah guys i don't know what you're talking about of course brady quinn is now saying 
You know, oh, you took me out of context and everything. Like, well, what context? You just dropped this non sequitur saying, oh, there's some conversations about his commitment, but I'd still think he's great. And he kept, he keeps going. Brady Quinn on Twitter keeps going back to, oh, well, you, you should you should you need to hear the rest of the clip where I re- really talk him up. I'm like, you're missing the point, Brady. You out of nowhere decided to drop this nugget of information about his reputation he being questioned him. because he ghosted the first family of football, and people are saying, no, that never happened. So Brady seems to be a little off kilter on this, but all this is to say is that it took months, and we're a week out from the draft, but we finally got it. We finally have a stupid draft conversation. I didn't think it was going to happen because let's be real. When we've been talking about quarterbacks, what have we been talking about? Footballing, footballing stuff. Whoa, like hard, hand in Super the football-y. dirt. Hand in the dirt. Guys who break down all 22 film, you know, YouTube breakdown stuff. Yeah. Not anything of like, well, I heard. I heard. I heard that his mother was a prostitute. I heard that he paid for Twitter Blue. What does that say about him? Is he that mm. desperate for clout? Gonna say desperate for attention. Clearly, you, you know he wants to be an entertainer and an icon. Nope. Nobody. What's went, his commitment to football? Nobody went to his twenty-first birthday party. Oh right, I forgot about that one. About with Russell Wilson, about like, well, who showed up to his birthday party? But that's also draft, draft day, 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 right? <laughs> that's draft day. Ironically, but, another Wisconsin quarterback. But, but wait a minute. How can he be trusted with the team if nobody showed you up know, to his Mitch birthday Trubisky party? Mitch Trubisky drives his grandmother's Toyota. That, that's that's I humble. Mean, that's humble. That's who I want to run my franchise. Next. Never mind that. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes guy. Never Yeah, details. His dad played in the Major League Baseball. I ignore those bloodlines. So, Carolina Hurricanes got the win. But did come with a price. Next. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. And check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the likes. We appreciate all the ways that you manipulate the algorithm in our favor. Carolina Hurricanes get the win last night. It was a dramatic game. And the Islanders reverted to the thing that teams do to the Canes when they know they they can't skate with them, like literally cannot skate with them. Uh, it went from what you observed in game one, Julio, on Monday, where the Islanders and the Canes didn't resort to any shenanigans, no post-whistle face wash, no, you know. Real clean. Real clean. Hey, man, let's play. We play similar styles. Let's just see who wins. Best team wins. Yeah, it wasn't That wasn't working for the Islanders because at the end of the first period, things got incredibly chippy, right down to a Matthew Martin cheap shot on Jordan Stahl where he left the ice his skates left the ice and he hit him in the back and then sat on him he was given a two-minute penalty for interference Canes come out with an opportunity I thought to to bury them all right they're they're up one nothing you want to retaliate on the scoreboard because the Canes don't play those games retaliate on the scoreboard 
But that's when the second period comes around and the deficiencies of this Canes team that we've been talking about all regular season really came home to roost. They didn't do anything on that power play to start. The Islanders were able to uh, take that cheapness and be opportunistic with it. Uh, the power play in totality, six minutes of power play in that period, they didn't do anything with it. And next thing you know, they find themselves down 3-2. That's when the response finally came from the Canes, and there's a positive to take away from that. It's just I'm, I was a little bit bothered with a, a, an opportunity to bury the Islanders. They did not do it, and they allowed an opportunistic team to take advantage with some of their key mistakes. Yeah, I thought the second period belonged to the Islanders. Even the goal that the Canes scored was technically the a clearing Aho. by the other Sebastian Ajo that went by Ilya Sorokin. So uh, the Islanders had the better of the play, and I it, it, maybe even the building was slightly off. As you like to say, the vibes were, were mm-hmm. slightly off. I mean, it was no, nobody was really juicing. Like, even, even R.J. Davis didn't get that lustily booed. I think maybe people were had already kind of jumped to the same conclusion that I did. Like, yeah, the Islanders are the worst team in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and the Canes are going to beat them and wake me up when the Rangers get here and we can see the real playoffs. Mm-hmm. But truth of the matter is, still a talented team. They, they do convert on the opportunities that they get. That's when I saw Jacob Slavin go into Jakob Slavin mode. He he gets into like he goes from the guy from Denver to the guy, you know, from the Czech Republic. And he looks like a completely different player. And he and he does some things that you don't normally expect from him. He's just so good. And imagine if he did score more. Then people would recognize him universally mm-hmm. as as one of the two or three best defensemen in all of the NHL. Unfortunately for him, he doesn't get that recognition even though he deserves it. But the goal that he scored to tie the game at three and force the overtime was spectacular. No, it was amazing. And was he amazing. was really the driving force behind the first goal of the game, too, for the Canes. And, you know, the hockey the hockey gods were smiling on the Hurricanes on a, on a variety of reasons. Uh, Jordan Stahl was in on the assist for the game winner for mm-hmm. Jesper Foss. But before that, uh, the referee, the linesman, decided not to call a high sticking on Jordan Martinook. And it was the correct call, by the way. Uh, when you watch a replay of what happened, what ultimately led to the Foss goal to win the game in overtime, I forgot who the player was that got high stick now off the top of my Mayfield, thank you. Uh, again, more karma here. So Mayfield and, and Martin Nook's sticks were tangled up, all right? And if you watch the replay, and the linesman is looking right at it, Martin Nook's stick is down. There was no intention to bring it up. Matthew Martin hits his stick. They you know, He basically pops it up. And that causes Martin Nook's stick to go up and hit him in the face. And then as he's skating off, it was a completely just unintentional circumstance, like just a, co- a complete thing that just happened. It wasn't intentional, and the linesman didn't call it. And Islanders fans were really, really mad about this because, like, oh, because it led to the goal. Like, you should have called something. And it's like, yeah, that's not it. There's maybe some other calls that you didn't get, but that was not yeah, the one. Six power plays for the Canes, none for the Islanders. Yes. And I can see where. If if we're, if that were reversed, oh. Rod Brindamore would be livid. But Brindamore found other reasons Ways. to and be And legitimate livid. ones. And legitimate ones, because he was mad on that slash for Teravainen that results in a broken hand, and he is now done for the season. Here's Rod Brindamore after the game talking about it. Yeah, he's out. He got slashed, 425 marker. He broke his hand. With the puck, takes a shot. The guy absolutely tomahawk chops him. Absolutely. And I know we had all the power plays, so you're not going to make it a five-on-three. Go take a look at the video. And he's out for the series. So there you go. And they're going to complain about all power plays, but it's a tomahawk chop. 
We just watched it. He has to have surgery tomorrow. There you go. So I'm a little pissed, I'll be honest with you. So that's Brendan Moore last night. Here's Brendan Moore today as they're getting ready to get on the plane and head up to the island on Teravita's injury. Oh, I mean, he's getting pins put in and everything, so it's pretty bad damage. I don't think, I mean, I know your question is, is he going to get back? You know, I, very, very doubtful. <laughs> Certainly not anytime soon. So there you go. There's, uh, there's Rod Brendan Moore. Yeah, injury luck, just like bracket luck, is real. And now without Teravainen, you're already missing Max Pacioretty. You're already missing Andrei Svechnikov. It's three of your top six forwards. It's while the Canes can still likely win this series, you know, the, the, you could see the milk in the refrigerator. You could see the people working in the back of the Harris Teeter going like, oh, let me push this date to the front. We need to sell this one. Yeah. Because it's not going to be good by yeah. next week. So here's here would be my here, my overall takeaway of last night is that the concerns we had all regular season showed up in the second period, okay? That the power play has been eh. Goaltending has been average at best. I I know you were kind of pushing back on Auntie Ranta in game one, and we saw some where he did not step up when he had opportunities to step up. I think two of those goals were absolute breakdowns for the entire team. It's not just on Ranta, but I see your point in that. Hey man, you're the last line of defense. Yeah. You got to be better in those situations. At some point, totally you, you have to make a you have to make a play. Totally get that to justify your own means. But yes. the bigger concern for me is, what do the Canes excel at? We know it's not the power play; it's defense, which was good. You mentioned Slavin; he went to Jakob Slavin mode, right? But they didn't have as many high danger chances last night. In no. fact, the Islanders were the ones that were creating the opportunities. It was beyond the opportunistic goals they ended up getting. Right. They were actually doing the thing the Canes do. They were out high-dangering the Canes most of the night, and that would be the red flag that goes up. But this is where I get back to optimism with the Canes, and that's another consistency they've had all year. When they've been challenged, they usually find another gear. When things get tough, like with the Teravainen injury, there is a resiliency about this team, and they still find a way to make it work. And that's how they end up tying the game and end up winning it in overtime. And while I think this is going to be good enough to get past the Islanders probably in five games. I think they're going to lose on Friday. I think it's going to be five games. It's the next series that people are going to be very concerned with. If it's the Rangers, if it's the Rangers, forget it. If it's the Devils, okay, we can have a conversation. But that would be where my mind goes with this team. I'm impressed with the way they found resiliency when they were challenged again and found that urgency. But I, I just think it stinks. You know, this is a group that has been excellent in the regular season, yeah. but this is also a group that hasn't gotten a full kick at the can with a healthy lineup. And this year will be no exception. And then next year, you're going into the last year of uh, Spashanajo's deal. And obviously, then you're you're going to be looking at potential changes after that. So, you know, I think the Canes have made great moves. I think they've done all the things that they can do that are in their power. But now you're in a situation where I just watch these games, and it's not just their games. I watch the other teams play, and I go, Canes just don't have that kind of juice no. up and down that other teams do, especially on the top end, though, where you're like, okay, hey, uh, Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, well, they're going to carry you they're, to a win. They're, they're going to find a <laughs> you way, know, right? Hey, maybe, maybe Edmonton's goalie ain't that great, Canes but guess what? Canes don't have it. Canes don't have that. 
Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. The Carolina Panthers. Jillio and I have been counting down the top 10, bottom 10 draft picks of all time. We're getting dangerously close to some Mount Rushmore conversation. We are. We are. Dangerously close, but we are now at picks seven. No, pick six. Oh, pick six. My bad. Let's start with the best because, you know, we always want to be positive. Of course, of course. Especially when we're talking about the Panthers. In number in 2019, with their first pick, the Carolina Panthers selected Brian Burns, 16th overall. Now, Joe, Brian Burns has been really, really good with the Panthers. When you look at 38 career sacks in 51 career starts, that's about as much as you could ask for from a star rush edge. So, great pick on its own. But then you look in 2019, arguably... A terrible draft, okay? In an open draft right now, there's only two players that you could make an argument that you would take before Brian Burns. Josh Allen, quarterback. Oh, excuse me. It's the wrong Josh Allen. There's only one player you could argue you yeah. would take, and that is uh, DK Metcalf, mm-hmm. the receiver who the uh, Seahawks took in the third round. It was a bad year. That was the year Kyler Murray went number one overall. Nick Bosa has been fine for the Niners, but hasn't been healthy. Mm-hmm. So Brian Burns at 16 unbelievable value particularly considering his position all right safe enough 20 uh, the the worst number six on the worst we got to go back to 2007 and this is another one of those where you're like joe maybe you're being a little too hard on the panthers (laughs) and that is because they took dwayne jarrett who was supposed to be the next Keyshawn johnson yeah man out of usc wide receiver big receiver Ended up in his career with 35 catches in four years. Yeah, you got to remember too wah, that those US wah. those USC teams were positioned as like the greatest yeah. college football teams of all running, time. Running and, through it, and yeah, and no, no, no. But so second round they take Jarrett again. Not an unbelievable year, especially at the receiver position, but still no. It's no. interesting. As we get closer to the top five, which we'll they start, fumbled this one, which we'll start doing tomorrow when we get into the top five, top five, bottom five, you really start to get into a debate about value and then obvious picks. Right? Yes. And I'm with you on the, 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 the Burns. The Brian Burns one really was a good value, value. considering where things were. Especially and, that position. And he's a guy. That's somewhere where you usually normally pick yep. one, two, three. Yep. And get a franchise edge rusher. And now you've got one uh, and an asset enough that people wanted to throw him in on some yep. major deals. But they were, were very clear, like, no, 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 he's a building block for this. And they'll figure out the salary implications later on down the line. But, yeah, when we do get into the top five, it really is going to come down to some, especially on the top picks. You know, well, that was obvious versus, well, the value. But I would argue that sometimes the obvious pick is not the thing that people do. They yeah, overthink it. So we're into the top five starting on Monday. We're going to yeah. have to settle this thing. I mean, I can give you the 
list of options right there now that options, we can tell. Yeah. Obviously, the fans are going to know this, but on the best side, we've got Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. We've got Luke Keekley. Mm-hmm. We've got Steve Smith. Yeah. Julius Peppers. Oh, yeah, and Christian McCaffrey. So we'll have to parse those now. All but one of those was a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And as we've said on this program, you could say whatever you want about Marty Herney, but the man knew how to make a first-round pick. That, that's why when you get into the top five uh, and the hit rate on top picks, on first-round picks, hovers around 40%, it's not a given no, that it's going to work not. out for you. We, we've got some winners on the worst side. I feel like on Monday we're just going to try to yada, yada, yada. Ray Carruth, because I feel like you just don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you just don't want to go there. Yeah, that's like when. So uh, maybe that'll just be like Monday. Yeah, Ray, we'll just, just, uh, just get and, it out and of the way. way. Yeah, they, they picked Ray a guy Carruth. who was a yeah, yeah, Ray, murderer. Yeah, yeah, that's how are they going to know? I know. Right? It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obvious. But speaking of messing up first round picks, that can happen. It, it can. It can. It can happen. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice: expert cardiologists, talented surgeons. Highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.